0: Hey everyone and welcome to the Effective Teaching Podcast. I'm your host Dan Jackson and today I'm going to be sitting down with Dave Burgess. He's an absolute legend to talk to him about some strategies and tactics that he likes to encourage us to use and that he uses himself to help students become lifelong learners. So let's head into that interview right now. Well, Dave, thank you so much for coming and joining me today to talk about uh, your passion for education and also to help our students become lifelong learners.
1: Absolutely. It's my pleasure to join you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. So Dave, can you just tell me what is
0: maybe one or a couple of strategies that you think are really key for our classrooms and for our teachers to be doing to help our students to foster that lifelong learning?
1: Yeah, so I think it's one of the key things is showing relevance for students. And so the question is always like, why do I need to know this? Kids ask that all the time. Like, why is this important for me to know? Why do I need to know this? And if our answer is, if our best answer is, it's because it's on the test, then we have a problem, right? And so uh, I think we need to do a better job of showing the relevance of content and curriculum to kids and how it's going to impact their life. Um, Allows them to create a little ownership around it. And I think also offering choice and allowing students to go down some of those rabbit holes of self-interest and they find something that they're interested in. And uh, rather than just moving on to the next thing, allowing them to go to dive down deep into subjects that they're passionate about. And so I think offering choice is a big part of this too.
0: Okay. So how do you go about doing that in classrooms that you, or when you're training teachers these days, I think, how do you go about helping them to, embed that choice and to make sure that they've got yeah, better reasons for why they're teaching things?
1: Yeah. So I think as far as the choice is concerned, it's uh, like, especially in an assessment, for example, um, I, one of the things I usually tell teachers is like, let's be more concerned with the learning and less concerned with how they show it. So more concerned that they're, they're learning this stuff, but less concerned with how they choose to demonstrate that knowledge And so offering a wide variety of ways that they can do that. And it doesn't have to just be uh, that written test, but maybe they want to do a project. Maybe they want to create a video. Maybe they want to do uh, some sort of performance. You know, maybe they want to write a song with lyrics that are related to it or whatever it might be. But opening up this possibility of choice and how they demonstrate their knowledge, uh, I I think is is one of the key components.
0: So yeah, so we're focusing on how we do assessment differently and we're focusing on the fact that we're actually looking at the learning and not just on the end product. How do you do that then with it not being assessment? How do you, with just your day-to-day activities that you do in your classroom, how do we help our students to actually develop this lifelong learning attitude?
1: Yeah. And so I have this, I have this uh, analogy sometimes I use, that's called the, the, the gift shop. And so I'll kind of go through this for you and see if this this kind of like demonstrates how I, how I look at, um, how we can look at work that's either sometimes classified as homework or work that's outside of class or not direct instruction. And I classify it, as, I call it the gift shop. And so if you go to a modern day theme park, um, there's these fancy rides. They're exciting. They get people r- really pumped up. Right. And maybe there's the Jurassic Park ride and maybe a medieval times ride. Maybe there's, uh, you know, so, some sort of, a um, whatever. So it's the Jurassic Park ride. There's there's all these dinosaurs and it's wild and it's fast. And at the end of the ride, the ride stops. They lift the little belt off of you or lift the bar. And where do they empty you? Where do they put you? Well, in a modern day theme park, it's always the same place. They empty you into the gift shop, the back of the gift shop. And now with your kid, you have to walk through the entire gift shop, which has been themed to that, to that ride. And what does your kid want at that moment? He wants all of it, right? So now you just stop the Jurassic Park ride. There's T-Rexes and there's dinosaur sets. And there's books and DVDs about dinosaurs and everything is dinosaur related. You get off the medieval times ride and there's books about castles and knights and there's swords and there's shields and little helmets that you can, that the kids can put on and all this different stuff. And they want all that. Even here in, in San Diego at SeaWorld, there's something called the shark encounter. You get on a moving sidewalk and they take you through a glass tunnel where the sharks are swimming all around you, right? And my son is like, oh my God, look how many teeth they have. Like, oh, they have rows of teeth. What happens if they bite? you right and then as soon as the moving sidewalk ends where do you find yourself gift shop shark tooth necklaces dvds about sharks books about sharks and what my my son was at that moment all of it why because he just saw sharks. That's why, and he's pumped up and fired up and wants to know more about sharks, right? Now, that's how we need to look at school and learning. We wanna create powerful learning experiences for kids by what we do in class, and then don't just kill it with the work that you send home or the out, or the non-direct instruction work. Don't just give them a worksheet packet that destroys their love of learning. Empty them into the gift shop of how they can go further. Oh, now you're excited about this here's some projects you can do, here's some additional resources about that, here's an avenue you could explore further down this path, right? And so again, it always goes back to creating those powerful learning experiences for kids, getting them fired up about our content and curriculum, and then not destroying it, but rather emptying them into that gift shop of how they can go further and deeper into what we're studying.
0: Yeah. Now, for a teacher to come up with that many different ideas, I guess, for one subject, often my teachers will Struggle with that, and I remember in your book you have uh, your story that you talk about. It's with uh, there's six the six words that um, you say you, you mentioned on all your keynote talks these days, um, yeah. And that was essentially someone saying that you know it's easy for you because you're creative. How do I how do you help teachers who think they're not creative to come up with a gift shop array of activities that their students are actually going to want to engage in once they've gotten that first taste of the Of the content or or the idea or, uh, of what they're being, what they're actually learning
1: that day. Yeah. And so for me, the, the key to creativity is questions. questions. Questions are the key to creativity. If you want to change a teacher's classroom, change their questions, change the questions they ask when they're designing their curriculum and their lessons and their choices and all that stuff. So that's why the centerpiece of the uh, Teach Like a Pirate book is 170 different questions in 30 different categories uh, that you can ask about your curriculum to try to, to, to brainstorm ideas of how to make it more engaging and to draw students in almost magically or magnetically into what you're doing in the classroom. And so there's this paradoxical thing about creativity. Um, A lot of people think that freedom leads to creativity. Often it's the opposite. Constraints and restrictions lead to creativity. Like if you say to a teacher, hey, I want you to design a wildly, outrageously creative lesson for next week, go. Well, uh, where do you even start with that? You know, you get, um, there's no path to even go down. But if you say, I want you to design a wildly and uh, cre- outrageously creative lesson for next week, oh, um, you know what? It must incorporate Play-Doh. It must have a hands-on activity with Play-Doh or something like that. Well, now the teacher has a path to go down and think, okay, all the different ways I can use Play-Doh in the content that I'm, do- I'm studying next week or what can what can students be creating? What can they make? Um, and so it gives paths. To go down, and then within those constraints and restrictions, you see great creative output. So sometimes we we know this is true with students. By the way, if you say to a group of students, "Hey, uh, for this next project, you choose the topic and you choose the form that you want to do it in," go. <laughs> well. Students are paralyzed by choice. They don't know where to go. So sometimes you have to give them some paths to start down uh, in order to do that. So that's the same way with teachers, is I have a series of kind of brainstorming questions which help them uh, generate a, a greater creative output.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's true just generally in history, too, once people are actually put in those you know, intense places where they have to come up with ideas and come up with them quickly. Yeah, that's when we come up with the solutions to those problems that existed uh, because we don't have another choice. We have to come up with that solution.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that we just had a perfect example of that in this past year with the pandemic. Um, and uh, unfortunately, there's a great deal of you know tragedy wrapped into what's happened around the world. But also you've seen an unbelievable burst of creativity uh, with a lot of educators and a lot of educational spaces because due to this disruption, people were forced off of those status quo paths and had to... um, immediately come up with something different and you've seen a great deal of creativity and collaboration in the effort to do that. And so, I mean, that's a perfect example. There was a major uh, you know, global constraint and restriction. And um, it, I think it did in many cases generate quite a bit of creativity.
0: Yeah, yeah, there was definitely a lot of pivoting happening, not just in teaching, but across the whole business world as well. Everything really had Absolutely. to pivot and turn. I'm sure you probably had to change a whole bunch of stuff for what you were doing.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. Okay,
0: so if a teacher is listening to this on Sunday nights just before their week starts for um, going into school, what, where should they start? What what, what do teachers do tonight or maybe tomorrow morning to make sure that they're getting started on this process to helping our students become lifelong learners?
1: Yeah, so a couple of things. One, I, I have a uh, question that I ask all the time. How can I use that? And so whenever you're looking around the world and you see something that is drawing people in, uh, you should always ask, how can I use that? Whenever you see something go viral in your student population, rather than being upset by it, ask yourself, how can I use that? What is it about that that's drawing students in um, and how can I use that in my classroom? So our, our Buckbuster Fuller has a quote that I love. He said, don't fight forces, use them. And I think that's super important. And so always look around the world with how can I use that mindset? Um, and then I think the other thing like just to give you like a real tangible example from teach like a pirate, uh, uh, I believe is something that's called preheating the grill. So I never, I, I don't, I don't put my steak down on a cold grill. I preheat my grill. Like if you drop your steak on a cold grill, nothing happens. But if you drop your steak on a preheated grill, what happens? It, it sizzles, right? I, I want my content to sizzle when I drop it. So I always preheat the grill by building up mystery, curiosity, buzz, and anticipation before I start. So if a teacher is listening to this, thinking about what's just an easy way to start, think about what is it that I could do to build up some mystery, curiosity, buzz, and anticipation around what we're going to do? Like, what can I say today to get them excited about coming back tomorrow? What can I put on my board when they walk in that makes them immediately have a question of like, oh my gosh, what is like, what does that mean? Like, I can't, what what do we do? What What is that all about? What can I have on display at the front of my room? You know, a box with a question mark on it that says, don't open until 10, 15 or something like that. And then kids are like, what's in the box? Like, well, we, I guess we can't find out till 10, 15. Well, when that clock starts to tick from 10, 14 to 10, 15, what are you going to have? You're going to have kids on the edge of their seats, right? Because the grill is like hot as it could possibly be. And when you open that box and reach inside, you better believe every single eye in the room is going to be on you, right? And so these are all elements and things that we can do to preheat that grill and build up that mystery curiosity buzz and anticipation
0: well beautiful thank you so much dave for joining me for this podcast i appreciate that you're a very busy man and i just want to thank you a ton for coming and sharing your wisdom with me and also with my listeners
1: it was an absolute pleasure to be on the show thank you so much for having me it was great to connect with your listeners
0: well i hope you really enjoyed that interview i know i got heaps out of my time with dave and I'm sure you did too. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to leave me a review to let me know your thoughts on that episode. And I hope that you'll also come back and join me next week. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast in order to do that. Now, if you would like to grab the show notes, the transcript, maybe you want to go and uh, check out Dave's book, Teach Like a Pirate, or you just want to connect with Dave, head over to the show notes page, which is at teacherspd.net slash 86. And you can access all that there. And also leave me a comment where I can respond to you and engage with you as well. I would love to get to know you better. And I hope I'll see you again next week. Bye for now.